0: Good morning, Idaho. Hope you're having a wonderful morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when you're listening to this. Welcome to the local Yokel Idaho podcast, where we talk about what is going on in the wonderful state of Idaho. Welcome to the morning banter. This is just kind of a short little period, or sometimes long, depending on if I get a rant or something or I just kind of chat a little bit with you guys informally before we get into the rest of the podcast. But kind of first off, a lot of snow in eastern Idaho. I was watching kind of Twitter there and uh, seems to be a lot going on and some more school closures. I kind of tweeted about it. If you're following me there, you probably saw it. But on the fact that uh, all the school kids over there in eastern Idaho must be very, very happy. I know it's been a bit different here in the western part of the state in the Treasure Valley. Um, This last week, it was mostly just all sunny. I mean, there were some definitely windy and cold times, but it was mostly warm. I mean, if you consider warm 40s-ish, I mean, I don't get out as much because I'm usually here sitting at the computer working on this stuff, so I'm not acclimated as well as someone who's probably been outside a lot. But even for me, I mean, I have been wearing my lighter coat when I go out and walk, but... Definitely not the weather that's happening over in eastern Idaho. But then the north, I haven't heard anything. I'm assuming it's still snowy up there, and hopefully you guys are still getting snow because that's good for the reservoirs and skiing and everything in general as much as I am so, 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 so ready for it to be spring that I can start planting and going fishing and hiking. Maybe not in the you know mountainous areas, but I can start getting outside more because I am... I'm ready to go out. I'm ready to go do things. I am kind of done with winter. I don't know if you're like that. If you are, just kind of reach out. Um, but I, I am ready for warmer weather to be back that I can go outside and do stuff. With that said, I do need to go out and prune the grapes. That's that time of year. And I keep having to like kick myself. I'm like, you should go prune the grapes, Tyler. And I'm like, but it's cold. I'm like, it's not that cold Get out there. Um, But yeah, and then into like politics and stuff in general, Um, I was going to try to put politics in the podcast this week, and I meant to do it last week, Um, but that did not end up happening. Uh, Main reason being is I've been testing out some new ways, trying to figure out how I want to add it into the podcast. I want it to be in a way that you guys find it enjoyable and it's not confusing, and it's also in such a way that I can do it sustainably, like Could I have this week gotten out politics and stuff into the podcast? Yes, but it wouldn't have been done in a sustainable way in a way that I know over the course of the coming weeks and months I would be able to do it. So I'm trying to figure that out. If you have some feedback of how you would like it, if you want it kind of like where there's like a daily thing that comes out every single day or if it's like a biweekly where like in the middle of the week I give an update and then I kind of refresh it with the main podcast. Or if you're just willing to see kind of what I'm working on, as I'm standing right now, my plan is to kind of watch the politics throughout the week and then towards the end give a general summary of, okay, these are the bills that passed. Here's what the governor talked about. Here's kind of where maybe there were some interesting bills that are kind of working their way through committees and things in the House and the Senate and the conversations that are being had around that. And then after that, having a discussion about them and what are the implications of that? And what have news articles said? And what have I seen on Twitter and different stuff? Um, that's the idea I have for this next week. I kind of ran out of time to implement it. So I'm going to try that a little different than what I was thinking, but just kind of as a general thing, if you're curious to go out there and look, I know not everything, not for everyone is politics and stuff, but some of the stuff, there was some big things that happened this week and, you know, kind of the morning is my time to kind of chat and talk a little bit. So I thought I'd share these i mean the one of the big ones was a transgender bill passed the house what i mean by that is there was a bill put in the house that would prevent different gender affirming care or treatment for genitalia changes and stuff uh that got banned um or not banned it didn't get banned the bill would ban those in idaho but it got passed the house it's now on its way to the senate So if that's something you do not want or do want, please find out who your senator is in the Senate and let them know about that so they can effectively vote in a way that you feel is correct. Um, And then the other one, uh, I guess there's two, um, then the Greater Idaho Bill passed the House. So not that Greater Idaho will happen, and I'll explain if you don't know what that is in a second, um, but that... It passed for the possibility of discussions to occur. That The House passed it. It's going to the Senate to now see if it will get passed or not. But opening up the door for discussions, conversation, committees, stuff like that from the best of my understanding to start uh, that conversation and the possibility of that. For those who don't know what Greater Idaho is, it's a movement that's kind of started over in Oregon where I think there's like 30 or maybe it's 20, somewhere in there, maybe it's less, um, counties that have voted... Uh, or petitioned, I think it is, is the precise word, to secede from Oregon and to then join with Idaho because they feel that their views better align with those of ours here in Idaho and they'd rather be part of us rather than Oregon. Um, I know there's some bills, I think, that are going to show up, an Oregon's legislator that will have to be passed and stuff. Um, I can't remember the name of the senator off the top of my head. Forgive me if you're listening or whatever else, but I will admit, I kind of got into a little bit of a pickle on Twitter about this. Not not me particularly, but um, he posted something about how he thought the hearings and the bill, the House bill, about passing for Greater Idaho was, um, I think, frivolous is the word he used. Hopefully I'm using that correctly. Or, you know, to paraphrase was stupid and a waste of time. Um, and I kind of responded back, well, why was that the case? And then he went into why you can go look at that. I mean, it's pretty easy to see on my Twitter page. And then that got into a whole spat, and then like Greater Idaho also then jumped into there and was responding because he, some people were arguing that the uh, survey that they did of Idahoans through the Trafalgar group, if I remember correctly, wasn't like fully accurate or whatever else, um, and Greater Idaho was challenging that and different stuff, saying, well, you know, it is this and has this prestige and stuff and blah, 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 so that was kind of interesting. I felt kind of, if I'm being honest, kind of cool that like I was, I was the, uh, start of that um but i'm really glad that discussion started not that i want fights and stuff like that but just asking questions i hope if anyone that looks at my twitter account sees that i'm just curious to see you know what people think i may be pressing back a little bit to make sure you know test people's ideas and thoughts to see if they're well rounded a thought or if they might be a little rational because we all have that i have that too where i think something and then i someone presses me on and you're like you know I wasn't quite right on that. That was kind of an irrational decision. I really didn't think that out logically, and I have to take a little bit of humble pie. Um, and then the third thing in like politics that was generally that happened this week, it didn't get as much news coverage. I haven't read any articles on it, but I do know a couple friends that went and I saw a little stuff on Twitter happen, which was that there was another Caldwell School District kind of event that happened. Uh, if you guys remember, I think it was a couple weeks back, there was a Bill that the Caldwell School District was trying to put through a policy, I think is the best word for it, that was going to approve people being, or kids being able to go into the bathroom of their preferred gender stuff. And the meetings preceding that got a little hot. And so they kind of had to pull it back where people weren't able to go to the meetings but could submit their opinions online and stuff. But I think they had their first meeting this last, I want to say Wednesday, might be Tuesday. Don't quote me on that. Um, where they actually let people in, but they limited the amount of counts you had to like get into a raffle or tickle thing, which, uh, anyway, um, that you had to do, there were people kind of protesting outside and stuff. I didn't hear what the results of that was, if they're dropping it or, um, whatever else, but that also happened and kind of on the radar of political news and stuff. Um, But yeah, that's generally it. And then uh, another thing I'm going to probably add on this podcast episode for you guys that are on Spotify. I know the majority of you that listen to this are on Spotify. If you're on YouTube, then you can just put it in the comment section. Um, But I'm going to have a poll that you can do through Spotify on this where I'm considering shortening events. Um, As much as I would like to continue events in their current format, which is the full size and having kind of major towns and cities and events and stuff like that and everything um, for the sake of trying to get it, because I feel like it's more important and something that would be way more valuable for you guys would be the political side of stuff and maybe having some new news stories or allowing me to do more stuff on the YouTube channel here, like going and reviewing some local restaurants or Um, Going on fun trips or like talking about having sections of the podcast, sharing like cool things that I can spend time researching and looking after, you know, interesting cool things about Idaho. Um, In the interest of doing that, I'm considering shortening events because that stands right now, events almost take one and a half days, you know, not that total time, but it takes about that much time that I can dedicate. It takes about a day and a half of the time that I have available to do them if I was able to shorten them down, then that would release a lot of time that I could spend helping and doing other stuff. And the political section, it would make the podcast a little shorter and other things. But if the pol- uh, the event side of it is something that you guys really, really care about and you don't want it changed and it's the value for you with the podcast then let me know on that poll and send that out to me. I know this next week, I think, will be the first week. I'll kind of shorten it. I'm going to try. It might be a bit of a dramatic change. You can let me know. There'll be a poll on that if you like the new format. Um, but, yeah, just let me know with this podcast. There should be a poll attached to it. And I think I have one on Twitter there as well. Um, that Do you want um, the vents to get slimmed down? I'm not going to get rid of them. The idea that I have is to slim them down into areas so there would be north middle east and west and it would just cover like interesting performances so if there's some person really cool celebrity that's coming to the morrison center or somewhere in the treasure valley or over east you would hear about that and then also interesting events so it might be you know this person is having this fundraiser or there's horse-drawn carriage thing and it's like oh that's really really cool whatever so those things but it would definitely cut down the size a lot and the recording and editing and researching time um, if that's something you're fine with, then please vote and let me know so I can change accordingly. But if you're not, then also let me know because at the end of the day, I want this podcast to be something that brings value to you and helps you. And if that's something you guys use a lot, the events and stuff, then let's do that and I will change course and I won't try to shorten that and we'll leave it as it is. But yeah, just try to communicate with me on that respect. And then this next week, I think I'm going to try a new format. I'm still up in the air. You'll, we'll have to see. this Next week, you'll see. I may change it up a little bit and change the format in general to try to figure out how I want to fit everything. Cause there's definitely, I'm trying to figure out what works and what you guys enjoy and what brings you guys the most value. If you have any ideas, please do email me or tweet, um, send me a tweet or something to let me know um, your guys' thoughts or what you think. Or if you have ideas of other things that you're like, Hey, you can scrub this out, but I think this would be really cool for you to add. I definitely am hoping this next year to add some stuff like on the YouTube element of it, that there'll always be the podcast but some really cool kind of exploratory elements of Idaho and education and stuff like that and things you may or may not have ever heard about and stuff. But anyway, we'll get into the rest of the podcast here. I've rambled long enough. Hopefully it was helpful and uh, you guys can then reach out and let me know your guys' thoughts. But here we go. We'll move into the rest of it. Holidays and interesting events for the week. We have Monday, Monday the 20th of February, which is National Muffin Day, Cherry Pie Day, Comfy Day, and President Day. As for in history, in 1792, the U.S. Postal Service introduced six to 12 cent postage depending on the distance. In 2012, scientists regenerated a 31,800 year old flowering plant from a piece of fruit. As for in birthdays, Monday was Joseph A. Walker's birthday and is Rihanna's 34th birthday. As for deaths, in 1895, Frederick Douglass died. In 1920, Robert Perry died. And lastly, in 1966, Chester Nimitz died. Tuesday, Tuesday, the 21st of February, is National Pancake Day. As for in history, in 1848, Karl Marx published the Communist Manifesto. In 1922, Britain declared Egypt a sovereign state. And lastly, in 1972, Richard Nixon became the first U.S. president to visit China. Nothing in birthdays, but in deaths. In 1941, Friedrich Bating died, and in 1945, Anne Frank died. Moving on to Wednesday, Wednesday, the 22nd of February is Ash Wednesday. As for in history, in 1825, Russia and Britain established the Alaska-Canada border. In 1907, the first taxi meter started operating in London. And lastly, in 1967, the U.S. and South Vietnam launched Operation Junction City deploying 25,000 troops, which was the largest U.S. airborne assault since World War II. As for birthdays, Wednesday was George Washington's, Al Gross, and Stephen Irwin's birthday. Then moving on to Thursday, Thursday, the 23rd of February, is National Banana Bread Chili and Toast Day. As for history, in 1904, the United States acquired the Panama Canal Zone for $10 million. And lastly, in 1956, the first mass inoculation against polio and Jonas Salks was given to the Arsenal Elementary School in Pittsburgh. As for birthdays, Thursday was George Handel's and Victor Fleming's birthday. In deaths in 1848, John Adams died, and in 1944, Leo Bakewell died. Friday, Friday, the twenty fourth of February is National Tortilla Chip Day. No a little rare, but there was not a lot of like national days, so I was like, uh, this is the best one. I'll go with it. As for in history, in eighteen sixty eight, the federal US House voted 126 to 47 to impeach president andrew johnson in 2008 fidel castro retired from being the president of cuba due to ill health and lastly in 2022 putin announced the start of a quote special military operation in ukraine as for birthdays friday was chester nimitz and steve jobs birthday and in deaths in 1815 robert fulton died in 1990 malcolm forbes died And in 1994, Diana Shore died. Saturday, Saturday, the 25th of February, is National Chocolate-Covered Nut and Clam Chowder Day. As for in history, in 1862, the first legal tender act was passed by the U.S. Congress, creating the greenback and the first legal fiat paper money in America. And lastly, in 1962, Muhammad Ali wins his first world heavyweight boxing title. Nothing to note in birthdays or in deaths. Lastly, we come to Sunday, Sunday, the 26th of February, which is National Pistachio Day and Letter to an Elderly Day. In history, in 1797, the Bank of England issued the first one-pound note. In 1885, at the Berlin Conference, the Congo was given to Belgium and Nigeria to Great Britain. And lastly, in 1935, Radar was demonstrated for the first time. As for birthdays, Sunday was Victor Hugo's, Levi Strauss's, and Johnny Cash's birthday. As for deaths, in 1813, Robert Livingston died, and in 1903, Richard Gatling died. Now on to upcoming events, I'm going to read the timestamps for each town, that way you can jump to whichever town you're interested in, thus saving you time. Starting off with Boise at 19 minutes 51 seconds, Meridian at 22 minutes 18 seconds, Nampa at 23 minutes 38 seconds, Caldwell at 24 minutes 57 seconds, Eagle at 26 minutes, Kuna at 27 minutes, 14 seconds. Emmet at 27 minutes, 30 seconds. Twin Falls at 28 minutes, 10 seconds. Pocatello at 29 minutes, 1 second. Idaho Falls at 31 minutes, 53 seconds. Rexburg at 33 minutes, 22 seconds. McCall at 24 minutes, 5 seconds, Cascade at 34 minutes, 49 seconds, Lewiston at 35 minutes, 49 seconds, Moscow at 37 minutes, 9 seconds, Coeur at 37 minutes, 22 seconds, Post Falls at 38 minutes, 37 seconds, Sandpoint at 38 minutes, 53 seconds, and End of Events at 39 minutes, 43 seconds. Starting off with Boise in City Events Wednesday, there is a special events team meeting at 9.30 a.m. at the Boise City Hall. And then next Monday, February 27th, there is a Historic Preservation Commission meeting at 5 p.m. at Boise City Hall. And then next Tuesday, February 28th, there is a City Council work session and meeting at Boise City Hall. The work session is at 8 a.m. and the meeting is at 12 p.m. It's a little bit odd of a time frame there and a little bit different than usual, so I'm not sure what's going on there. You might want to reach out to them or check the agenda to see if, you know, maybe they're trying to sneak something by there. In performances, Saturday, there is a performance of Sorcerer's Apprentice at 1 p.m. or 7.30 p.m. at the Morrison Center. Tickets range from $31.93 to $96.59. Then Sunday, there is a spring choral concert at 7.30 p.m. at the Morrison Center. Tickets are $13.25 apiece. Then coming up on March 6th, the Discovery Center is getting a new exhibit called the Fans Strike Back one of the largest Star Wars fan exhibits featuring items from fans around the world. Then lastly, in performances, upcoming in April 28th, there is a performance of the Millennial Choir and Orchestra performing at 5 p.m. and at 8 p.m. at the Morrison Center. Tickets range from $18 to $38. I would recommend checking out the concert. I've been to a couple of Millennial Choir's orchestra performances, and I really, really enjoyed it. I may or may not be at one of those, Um, but I would recommend it. I've enjoyed it, and everyone that has gone to it that I've known has really enjoyed it as well. So if you're one who prefers classical music and choir and instrument performance, you may really, really, really enjoy it. In fun events, Saturday, there's a spring bulb class from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. at the Edwards Greenhouse. Then every Sunday, the Boise Depot has an open house and tour. It is open from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., and the tours are from 12 p.m. to 1.30 p.m., In other events, Wednesday, there is a Tree Problems virtual class at 6 p.m. online. Then Wednesday, there is a Coffee with a Cop at 6.30 p.m. at the Idaho Black History Museum. And then lastly, Sunday, there is a Boise Reptile Expo show from 10 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at Expo Idaho. Tickets are between $10 and $15 a piece. For more information about anything talked about, go to the Boise City website or check the link in the description below. Meridian in city events, same old, same old. Tuesday, there is a city council work session and meeting at Meridian City Hall. The work session is at 4.30 p.m. and the meeting is at 6 p.m. In performances Sunday, there is a comedy show called On the Road Again from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the Volume 1 Bar and Lounge in Meridian. Tickets are $20 a person. In fun events Friday, there is a Cowboy Up barbecue dinner and auction from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Capitol Church in Meridian. Tickets are $35 a piece, and the proceeds will be going to the Boise Love INC. In other events Tuesday, if you're ordering or picking up from Zupas in Meridian, 25% of the earnings will be going to the Southwest Ada Little League. Enter Fundraiser 25, all one word, capital, at checkout to give. Also Tuesday, there is a silent art auction from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at the Riverside Hotel in Garden City. Then moving to Wednesday, there is a community seed swap event from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. at the Nutrition West on East Fairview. And then lastly, Thursday, there is an elegant appetizer charcuterie workshop at 6 p.m. at the Walmart on East Fairview Avenue. For more information about anything talked about, go to the Meridian City website or check the link in the description below. Nampa, in City Events Tuesday, there is a City Council meeting from 5.30 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the Council Chambers. Also Tuesday, there is a Design Review Committee meeting from 12.30 p.m. to 3 p.m. at the Council Chambers. And then next Tuesday, February 28th, there is a Planning and Zoning Commission meeting at 6 p.m. at the Council Chambers. In Performances Friday, Andy Crosby will be playing live music from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the 2C Family Brewery. Then Saturday, there's a spike ball tournament from 7.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at the Harvard Rec Center. Then Sunday, there is a Black Jacket Symphony is performing Fleetwood Macros Rumor from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the Nampa Civic Center. And then Saturday and Sunday, there is the 21st Annual Country Fair and Auction at 505 West Orchard Avenue, Nampa. In other events, Thursday, there is the Horticultural Workshop on Fruit Tree Pruning from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at 411 3rd Street, South Nampa. The class is free. And then Saturday, there is a class on how to chalk paint furniture from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Mustard Seed Home Decor. For more information about any of the things talked about, go to the Nampa City website or check the link in the description below. Caldwell. In City Events Tuesday, there is a City Council workshop and meeting at the Caldwell Police Station. The workshop is from 5.30 p.m. to 5.55 p.m. and the meeting is from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Then Wednesday, there is a hearing examiner meeting from 1.30 p.m. to 5 p.m. at the Caldwell Police Station. Then also Wednesday, there is a Historic Preservation Commission meeting from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at 621 Cleveland Boulevard, Caldwell. And then next Tuesday, February 28th, there is a Design Review Commission meeting from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. at 621 Cleveland Boulevard, Caldwell. Also next Tuesday, February 28th, there is a Parks and Recreation Open House from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. at the Administrative Offices. In other events Wednesday, there is a mobile market space open house from 1.30 p.m. to 3.30 p.m. at the Caldwell Public Library. They will have 3D printers and other STEM tools there. For more information on anything talked about, go to the Caldwell City website or check the link in the description below. Eagle In City Events Tuesday, there is an Eagle Urban Renewal Agency meeting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. at the Council Chambers. Then Tuesday, there is a Planning and Zoning Commission special meeting from 6 p.m. to 11.50 p.m. at the Council Chambers. They'll be going over two public hearings. The first is an annexation and rezoning for Reining Horse Subdivision. The second is also about rezoning and annexation, but for Shetland Point Subdivision. Then Wednesday, there is Coffee with the Mayor from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. at the Council Chambers. And then also Wednesday, there is a Spring Valley CID meeting from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Council Chambers. And then Thursday, the Mayor's Youth Advisory Council meeting is canceled. Also Thursday, there is a Design Review Board meeting at 6 p.m. at the Council Chambers. And then lastly, next Tuesday, February 28th, there is a City Council meeting at 5.30 p.m. at City Hall, which they will be hearing about the Eagle Fire Station, too. In other events, Saturday, there is a Dressage Clinic at 11 a.m. at Jamboree Dressage. Rides are $70 a person. For more information about anything's talked about, go to the Eagle City website or check the link in the description below. Cuna in city events Tuesday there is a Cuna City Council meeting at 6 p.m. at Cuna City Hall, and then next Tuesday, February 28th, there is a Planning and Zoning Commission meeting at 6 p.m. at City Hall. For more information about the things talked about, go to the Cuna City website. Emmett, in City Events Tuesday, there is a ribbon cutting ceremony for Harmony Skincare from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. at 107 South Commercial Avenue. Then next Tuesday, February 28th, there is a city council meeting from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. at City Hall. And fun events, Tuesday, there is a homeschool art water marbling event at 2:30 p.m. at the Grateful Gardens Art Studio. Then lastly, Friday, there is a Creative Pebble Bowl class from 2.30 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. at the Emmett Library. For more information on anything's talked about, go to the Emmett City website or check the link in the description below. Twin Falls. In city events, Tuesday, there is a city council meeting from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Then Wednesday, there is an urban renewal agency meeting from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Then next Monday, February 27th, there is a city council meeting from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Then next Tuesday, February 28th, there is a planning and zoning commission meeting from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. The locations were not shared for these events, so I assume they're all at City Hall. In performances, Friday, there is a Magic Valley Symphony concert at 7.30 p.m. at the CSI Fine Arts Center. And in other events, Wednesday, there is an Indian fabric painting class at 762 Falls Avenue. For times and prices, check the link below. And with that said, for more information about anything's talked about, go to the Twin Falls City website or check the link in the description below. Pocatello, here we go. In City Events Tuesday, there is a CDBG Advisory Committee meeting at 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. at the Council Chambers. Also Tuesday, there is a Site Planning Review meeting from 1.30 p.m. to 3 p.m. at City Hall. Um, Then another Tuesday event, there is a library board meeting from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. at the Marshall Public Library. And then lastly for Tuesday, there is a Chamber of Commerce meeting from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. at 324 South Main Street, Pocatello. Then moving to Wednesday, there is an Animal Shelter Advisory Board meeting from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. at the Animal Shelter Education Room. Also Wednesday, there is the Bannock County Community Meeting from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Lava Senior Center building. Then moving to Friday, there is an Education Committee Meeting at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. at 324 South Main Street, Pocatello. Then next Monday, February 27th, there is a Pocatello Mayor's Youth Advisory Council meeting from 3.15 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. at the council chambers. Then next Tuesday, February 28th, there is a site plan review meeting from 1.30 p.m. to 3 p.m. at City Hall. And then lastly, next Tuesday, February 28th, there is a Chamber of Commerce meeting from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. at 324 South Main Street, Pocatello. In performances Wednesday, there appears to be a choir concert from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. at BPAC. They don't have any more info than that, so if you're interested, do reach out to them to find more out. Then Saturday, there is the Idaho State Symphony Concert. It is performing Brooklyn Bridge at 7.30 p.m. at the Stevens Performing Arts Center. Also Saturday, there is the Mule Deer Foundation Banquet from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Idaho Falls Elk Lodge. Also, and lastly for events, Saturday, there is an NWTF Hunting Heritage Banquet at 5 p.m. at the Red Lion Hotel. In fun events, Tuesday, there is a Building a Blanket event from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Pond Student Union. Then Thursday, there is a DRC slash Sega game night from 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. at the Fine Arts Building. You'll need to RSVP for that. And then lastly, Friday, there is a skating night from 6 p.m. to 5 p.m. at the Delta Skating Rink. And then in other events, Monday, there is a ISU Botany Club Seed Swap from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. at 921 South 8th Avenue, Pocatello. And then lastly, Saturday, there is a Crafts Market from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Station Square. For more information on anything to talk about, go to the Pocatello City website or check the link in the description below. Idaho Falls, nothing in city events but in performances. Tuesday, there is a jazz blues from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. at 435 A Street, Idaho Falls. Then Wednesday, there appears to be a choir concert from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. at BPAC. They don't have any more info than that, but if you're interested, do reach out to them. Then Friday, Brian Reagan will be at Mountain America Center at 8 p.m. Check below for ticket prices. And then Saturday, there's a Mule Deer Foundation Banquet from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Idaho Falls Elk Lodge. In fun events, Tuesday, there is a Frosty Gator Paint Night class at 6 p.m. at Frosty Gator. And then Thursday, there is Dinos of the Deep members preview from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. at the Museum of Idaho. This is a special event for members to see the new Dino of the Deep exhibit. In other events, Wednesday, there is the 2023 Organic Garden class from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. This week, they're going to be going over Organic Insect Control. Then Saturday, there is a Beekeepers for Beginners class from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. at the Bonnerville County Fairgrounds in Idaho Falls. The class is between $68 and $98 for it. And then lastly, Saturday, there is a Defensive AR-15 course from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Gun and Gear Sports Indoor shooting range. For more information about anything's talked about, go to the Idaho Falls City website or check the link in the description below. Rexburg: Nothing in city events, but in performances. Saturday there is an Eastern Bowling Regional event from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Fat Cats Bowling Alley. In fun events, Tuesday there is an Art Exploration event at 3 p.m. for kids at the City Hall. The Rexburg Arts is putting on, and you will need to register. Then Tuesday there is a Creative Corner for teens at 4:30 p.m. at City Hall. Then Thursday, there is an intro to watercolor class for adults at 7 p.m. at City Hall. You will need to register for that also. And in other events, Thursday, there is an open studio for adults at City Hall at 10 a.m. You will need to register for that also. For more information on anything talked about, go to the Rexburg City website or check the link in the description below. McCall. In City Events Tuesday, there is a McCall Development Agency meeting at 8 a.m. at Legion Hall. Then Thursday, there is a city council meeting at 5.30 p.m. at Legion Hall. And then next Monday, February 27th, there is a public art advisory committee meeting at 5.30 p.m. at Legion Hall. As in fun events, Friday, the McCall's Park and Recreation is having a Tiki Torch Trek from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the McCall Golf Course. And then there is cross-country skiing and snowshoeing at Meadow Creek Golf Resort from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. For an adult pass, it is $10, and for youth, it is $5 if it will be going on until April 30th. For more information about anything talked about, go to the McCall City website or check the link in the description below. Cascade, in performances, Saturday, there is a snow bike race at Warm Lake Road. They don't give any time, but you can check the link below. In fun events, Thursday, there is a soup and scripture from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Cascade Community Church. Then Friday, there is a trout unlimited introduction to fly fishing from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Cascade Cultural Arts Center. All the rest of these are on Friday. There is a dinner from 5 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. at American Legion. There is a swing dance class from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. It is free for all ages to attend. It will be happening at the Valley Club building. It will be on country and line dancing. If you have any questions, call Steve at 208-861-8486. Also Friday, there's bingo at the Senior Center from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. And then Thursday and Sunday, there is ice skating open at the Cascade Aquatic and Recreation Center. For more information about anything to talk about, go to the Cascade City website or check the link in the description below. Lewiston. In City Events Tuesday, there is an Emergencies Medical Service Advisory Board meeting from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. at the Lewiston Fire Department 1. Also Tuesday, there is an Airport Authority Board meeting from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. at the Lewiston Airport Administration Building. Then moving to Wednesday, there is a planning and zoning meeting from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. at 215 D Street Lewiston. Then next Monday, February 27th, there is a City Council meeting from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at 411 D Street Lewiston. Then next Tuesday, February 28th, there is a cemetery slash urban forestry commission meeting from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. at 1424 Main Street, Lewiston. In performances, Wednesday, there is That's a Wrap, moving, viewing, and discussion from 3.30 p.m. to 6.45 p.m. at the Lewiston Library. Then Saturday, for those that can drink and do so, there is a Lewiston Brewfest from 1.00 p.m. to 6.00 p.m. at 1229 Brewer, B-U-R-R. R E L L Avenue. In other events, Thursday, the middle school girls STEM club meeting is being held from 4:30 p.m. to 5:30 p.m. at the library. For more information about anything talked about, go to the Lewiston City website or check the link in the description below. Moscow, just one thing here in performances, Saturday, there's a performance of Viva la France from 7.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. at 851 Campus Drive, Moscow. For more information about that, check the link in the description below. Coeur d'Alene, in city events, Tuesday, there is a city council meeting at 6 p.m. at the library. Then Wednesday, there is a library board meeting at 4 p.m. and as you can guess it, at the library building. Then Thursday, there is a design review commission meeting at 12 p.m. at City Hall. Then Thursday, there is a Historic Preservation Commission meeting at 4 p.m. at City Hall. Then next Monday, February 27th, there is a General Service slash Public Work Committee meeting at 12 p.m. at the library. Also next Monday, February 27th, there is a Parks and Recreation Commission meeting at 5.30 p.m. at the library. And lastly for Monday—actually, no, I lied— Uh, This is like the second to last. Next Monday, February 27th, there is a child care commission meeting at 6.30 p.m. at the City Hall. And this is the last one. Next Monday, February 28th, there is an arts commission meeting at 4 p.m. at City Hall. Whew, got through it all there. That is all the city events there. In other events, Friday, there is an avalanche awareness presentation from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at the Idaho Parks and Recreation Building. Then Saturday, there is an avalanche companion rescue clinic from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Vernon Saddle Snowmobile parking lot. For more information about anything talked about, go to the Coeur d'Alene City website or check the link in the description below. Post Falls, just city events here. And one of them, Tuesday, there is a City Council workshop and meeting at City Home. The workshop is from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m., and the meeting is from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. For more information about that, check the Post Falls City website. Lastly, we come to Sandpoint in performances. There is the ongoing Winter Carnival. To find out what's going on with that, check the link below. Then Monday, there's a Blues performance at 7 p.m. at 212 Cedar Street. Then Friday and Saturday, the Northern Idaho Philharmonia will be performing European Postcard at the Panita Theater. Check below for tickets and times. And fun events Wednesday, there is an open mic night at 6 p.m. at 411 Cedar Street. Then Thursday, there is an early instrument sampling class from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. at 110 Main Street. It is a free class for people to sample instruments they may have never played. And then lastly, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, there is karaoke at 8 p.m. at 411 Cedar Street. For more information on any of the things talked about, check the link in the description below. to the news with our first story here, Eagle Pushing for Fiber. This comes by the Boise Dev by Margaret Carmel. So as some of you may or may not know, for COVID, not just people got money from the federal government, but cities also got funding as well. Well, Eagle is decided to use its extra funding to build out a broadband fiber internet in Eagle. Over the past couple of years, Eagle has spent 1.7 million of its COVID relief money to figure out and build out a fiber network. This comes as Eagle has stated that broadband is an essential public utility, and thus every home should have it, just like other traditional utilities. The city's goal is to set up as many houses as want it with gigabit speed internet for around $50 a month. Regarding more of the technical parts of the project, the mayor doesn't want to fund private companies to invest in covering the area with internet, but instead the city itself would contract companies to build the network and then the city would own it when it's finished. Then after it's built, allowing private companies to use the network the city has built and connect their own stuff to it. Now with that said, how payments would be handled is still up the air and kind of tricky as it stands right now. People would have to pay for the network and then also the service that the company provides would also be in that, and that would have two different payments. But the city really wants to get it down to a single bill rather than two bills. But going into the future, they're aiming to have the first customers online by March, and then after that, expanding it as an enterprise fund, which just means the rest of the funding would come from revenue the program makes off users, thus allowing the use of COVID funding to be used just as a jumpstart and not as a permanent source of funding for the program. Which, honestly, I think this is a wonderful and great idea. I mean, the I didn't have it in my notes here, but Eagle did state that. I haven't looked at the numbers. I'm just going off the article that there are a lot of homeschoolers. I know as a person who was homeschooled a lot of friends that are from Eagle and different stuff. So, there's definitely something to be said there from my personal experience. That there are a lot of people that homeschool that live in Eagle. And thus, um, for those that may not be familiar, internet is especially in the modern age is used a ton in homeschooling, be it from different like digital programs that say the parents don't know about science or well, don't feel confident teaching that, then they can pay for an online course or something that then the kids can do, or whatever else are teaching or videos or stuff. For homeschooling, the internet has been a godsend and I know it's used a ton for it. So I could totally see if Eagle's looking at the amount of people that homeschool in the Eagle area and then trying to think, okay, what what is really good for our constituents here? What really serves them really well? And just in general, also, this will look good for industry as well to have that available. Um, they're like, well, let's build out the internet. It will be interesting. I mean, I like the idea of fiber and I think fiber is going to continue to grow and um, Expand. I know here in the United States, it's taking longer to kind of get the fiber network built out than it does overseas. Partly due to just how big we are, <laughs> the amount of cable that needs to be laid to upgrade current infrastructure for internet stuff is ton. Um, now, someone might ask, well, what is fiber? What's the difference? I mean, I have internet right now. What what's the big difference? Well, the internet you're using right now, most people in Idaho, it's the, your mainframe is definitely still fiber. But what's coming into your house? is more in a physical sense kind of similar to what i mean someone who's a technical engineer works for centurylink or other stuff probably knows this better than i do Um, but comes in in a more physical sense unless you're in a newer subdivision. And so it kind of gets stepped down. But the cool thing about fiber is fiber uses optical. It uses light to send that data. So it's super fast and the amount of data input it can handle is very high. And so high, in fact, that it can handle gigabit per second speeds. Now, for someone who isn't in tech, I understand, you know, if you're like, well, what's the difference between a gigabit and a megabyte? Well, all measurements of data sizes go within thousands so you for one kilobyte you need a thousand kilobytes to get a megabyte and then you need a thousand megabytes to have a gigabyte and then a thousand gigabytes to have a terabyte and then I can't remember what goes past that Um, that's kind of your sizing and then to guess kind of put that into context if you've got a full like 4k like uh, infinity war or something like that it's probably going to be a maybe 4 10 gig file um, or a lot of video games hit sit between, a lot of modern video games anyway, stay in like the 36 to 40 gig size file. And so when you have gigabit per second speeds, that means every second you can send a gigabit amount of data across that line so if you're watching a movie that's in 4k you could download a 4k movie the whole thing in just four seconds if it's four gigabytes which is really really nice and it helps with a lot of other stuff and speed and the average household i know most internet speeds here in idaho and i know for myself are in the megabytes where you have your two metrics where you have your up and down, that's what's sending and then what's receiving, usually you get more down than you do up because most people aren't sending a lot of data out of their house. They're usually receiving a lot of data. Um, the rare people that are sending a lot of data or like companies or producers like you know me or YouTubers or stuff do have to prioritize a little bit more of their upload, their ability to send out. But on average, I would say the average home probably in Idaho from my experience is like getting uh, 40... 50, maybe 60 down, um, and then you're getting like 15 to 20 up, but that's really good. I've, I've gotten to a lot of people's houses where, you know, if you're fine with it, you're, they're only getting maybe, you know, 20 down and two up, and that is considered very slow compared to the modern standard in big cities and stuff where they have a lot of that fiber network installed. They're seeing speeds above a gigabyte above, so that's a 1,000. Uh, megabytes for context, compared to what the average is, which is cool to see. I it'll be interesting to see as kind of things move forward with the Internet of Things. Um, I definitely think Internet at some point will become a utility that's kind of standardized because it's just used so ubiquitously, um, kind of like power and sewer and stuff is. It'll become standardized at some point so that you know you can't have people ripping you off and different stuff. Then I get see other people that would be a little bit more concerned about the government kind of spying on them because it's more data than it is uh, utility because water is just water. You can see how much a person's taking in and how much they're not and power and stuff rather than the internet is actual like information. So that will be interesting compared to a lot of other stuff that has existed in the past for utility's sake. It may or may not. Granted, there is another side of me that is kind of interested to see how the progression between hard like physical wire that we're talking about fiber or coaxial or different stuff um, and like space-based internet with starlink and stuff coming online I know for a lot of you in the state probably use Starlink now it's a satellite based internet so you don't have those cable you if you don't have any internet access you can use that or even cell signal you can have that type of setup and you can get pretty decent speeds I mean you know I think you can get like 36 down 40 down and a little bit up the only difference with that is that there is latency which is only a problem if you're a person who's doing gaming and you're trying to hook to a server that latency will kind of drop your lag down a little bit this is me getting kind of technical and nerdy but it's interesting to see i'm glad um i mean it's kind of funny covid funding was meant to like fill gaps for cities that were struggling but if it's a city who wasn't struggling and they got that funding, then I think it's all within their bounds for them to use those funds towards what the community is wanting. And I think this is a really good expenditure for Eagle to do to kind of expand and make them helpful for their constituents that live there in the city. And then also for businesses will probably be very attractive because businesses is like, wait, we can put our data center Or we can put our firm or whatever in Eagle and the cost for our internet and the speed is going to be way, way better than anywhere else in the state. Let's put an Eagle and then that's tax dollars that goes to Eagle and more revenue they make off the service and stuff. So great to hear. It'll be interesting to see as it gets implemented and stuff kind of trickles out here. This next story here is one that you guys are going to be pretty excited about, those in the Treasure Valley. Ada County home prices dropping. This comes by the Boise DAB by Gretchen Parsons. For the third month in a row, housing prices in Ada County have been dropping. The median cost for a house, according to Intermountain Multiple Listing Service, was 480,495 for January. That is 27,505 less than last month. This also comes with a report stating that there are 1,169 houses on the market last month, which is 728 more houses than there were this last year, which is encouraging to hear for those trying to find houses. I mean, for those that are using the value of their house for different things, be it funding or different stuff, don't get me into financials. I don't know a ton in that area. Might be a little bit sad for homeowners, but for all the people that are trying to move into the valley or for those that live in the valley like myself that are trying to find a place and get one. The prices have been stifling. So for those in 80 County, this is probably a wonderful trend to see. Hopefully it will continue to bring those prices down a little bit. I know for maybe the building industry or market, it's not the most favorable. But for those of us that are local... And have grown up here a whole life and are kind of looking for a place. I know there's a ton of friends that I've talked with that are just really, really praying the prices come down because we've been just such a hot market. I know that's one of the topics that like if you go on the Internet and you're trying to look at what the rest of the country is talking about and how that relates with Idaho. I mean, maybe you haven't. That's kind of me because, you know, I have the podcast here and I'm trying to talk on these topics and stuff. Um, But when you're looking at how does the rest of the country talk about Idaho and the kind of the outside looking in type of equation, Um, that's one of the things that's talked about, or I've run across the radar a lot is that a lot of people out of state have noticed that the market, the housing market in the treasure Valley area, or just the lower Southern half of the state is kind of crazy, um, up there with like Houston, like Texas housing or Tennessee or others, the amount of demand that is occurring for people trying to move in, which has sent the prices up. But with stuff with the economy as it currently is, as we all well know is, not the brightest. Um, so I could see where that's coming down, and then interest rates are being really difficult. I was literally chatting with a friend uh, a night before last, or friends, and they were asking me what they thought about the economy or stuff for housing here in the valley. And, you know, If I were to give my take according to just this data here, I think we're definitely going to reach a point where it's going to plateau. It's not going to be growing and flatten. Now, the real question is how long those interest rates will be that high. I think if they hold as high as they're holding, then you're definitely going to keep seeing a decline and probably see the housing market in Idaho maybe decline maybe. I mean, I'm not an expert, not giving expert advice, but this is just my general opinion. Um, I think you'll see a general decline if those interest rates still stay up high and then the price of living in different stuff keeps getting higher and higher and stuff or just staying high in that sense in this just country in general. Um, I think you'll see that. But also on the flip side, for all those that are hoping it would really, really crash, I think if you look in the data in the past of Idaho's housing market, we have just always been a really, really hot place to move to in a sense. You know, we go through our really hot periods but if you look at the growth of the Treasure Valley and just Southern Idaho in general, we just continue to grow. We'll hit points where we flatten out even when in like the 2011 uh, banking stuff and everything. Um, we even still grew. There was definitely losses and stuff that occurred, but it it was just, it kind of plateaued and then it climbed once the economy got better. The economy is going to have to get pretty worse in my opinion for it to actually start to like decline and go below what it was in the past in growth rate, but just because growth rate means that doesn't mean that doesn't mean prices. Uh, Definitely prices should drop and hopefully some of us here in Idaho can get a place and live here because we love it. I love it and I want to get a place. I don't want to rent and all that and everything, so hopefully hopefully this uh will continue be a continuing trend in the valley idaho teen wins at national archery tournament this comes by the east idaho news by Rhett nelson so february 4th a 17 year old teen from rigby idaho took home the national championship title in the young adults division at the national field archery las vegas shoot The best one could do was 600 points, and he had a combined score of 596. The competition was over multiple days. On the first day, he was sitting in fourth place, but by the second day, he had moved into the top spot out of 73 archers in his division. In his own words, quote, I mainly did it because it was fun, but based on last year's scores, I knew I had a chance. End quote. But he says he's planning on participating in the same competition next year congratulations to him glad to hear Idaho and you representing us there did such a wonderful job you might wonder why I didn't add the name in here I when it comes to names and stuff I kind of shy away from sharing them maybe I'll share more in the future but just for the sake of if someone's really interested going and checking it out but unless it's like a politician or something um, I just kind of don't mention names a lot. If you've noticed that when it comes to stuff in here, but congratulations! I thought it was something worth sharing. It's always wonderful to see when Idaho, in a representative way, shall we say, successes in other venues and stuff, and that we can show that we're we're just as good as the rest of the union. We're here. We do stuff. You know, there's definitely a side of us Idahoans I can't admit that's kind of like, don't tell them that we're here. We must hide. We must keep ourselves. This is our place. No one find out about Idaho. It is mine. Don't find out about my treasure. Which there there's definitely a side to that. I mean, if you ever talk to someone who does fishing or hiking or something, they're definitely gonna be like, Well, yeah, there's definitely places that I know to go, but I'm never gonna tell anyone or publish it online because if I did, it wouldn't be as special and that fishing spot or that certain hiking spot where I've got amazing like a blackberry patch or a Huckleberry patch or stuff. I'm not gonna tell you where that's at. Those that is confidential family information and I don't want to get that out to the public. Um, but congratulations to him. I glad that he made, he competed so well. From what I remember from the article, I don't have it here in my notes. Um, it sounds like he's trying to go to school over there in Eastern Idaho. And part of the prize was that he got $1,000 for a college of his funding. So once he graduates here in the next year, cause he's 17 or maybe he's sooner. I don't know. With homeschooling, you never know. You know, i I've, I've met people that have graduated at 17, 16. So sometimes it can be a little earlier. Um, But when he does graduate, then he can decide with that extra funding where he can go with that. And I'm glad he enjoys it. I mean, if you're good at something and you're having fun and you enjoy it and something you're passionate about and you can make a little extra money out of it and compete and kind of test yourself, then go for it. But, you know, it's, it's good to have a hobby that isn't your full on job or career or something. I can understand that. I personally love gardening and plants and stuff. And I've had people come up to me and be like, Tyler, you should make a full like career out of this. You're really good at this and you do a great job. And I'm like, yeah, true. But the minute I do that, it becomes a full-on job. And then I feel like kind of the fun and enjoyment and the reason that I did it and I'm so good at it and passionate about it kind of goes away. Maybe that's just me. I mean, what are your guys' thoughts? You know, Do you have stuff in your life or hobbies that... You're really really good at that you could turn into a career but you're just like yeah no I'm just gonna save that that's gonna be my hobby and then I'll have other stuff and projects that I can do for jobs but in any case we'll move on to the next one here I-84 slowed to a crawl Thursday morning. This comes by KTVB7 by staff. Last Thursday morning around 7 a.m., a crash happened near Robinson Road involving a semi-truck. The Idaho State Police did not say how many cars were involved, but by 8.44 a.m., they said two lanes were clear. And at 9.09 a.m., all lanes were clear, according to the Idaho State Police. I know you can say this sounds more like a quickie or something, and I was going to go put it in the quickie section... But, um, as we kind of go through the news here, you'll kind of see the last week and this week have been a little bit of a slow week when it comes to news about interesting things. There's been news, but it's been a bit slow. Um, But, I know definitely this sounded like something that was a little bit more major and, you know... Who in Idaho doesn't love to complain about the traffic? I mean, it's like complaining about the weather, except for, it's kind of funny, that discussion with like the snow element. Some people sit there and they're like, I love the snow. We need more snow for the reservoirs and for skiing and it's so pretty and everything. I'm in that camp. And then you have other people that are like, I know, I know, but I want it to stop. And they're, they're summer birds and they love the heat and they want that back, but they also know the importance of having the water and stuff and that interesting discussion. But coming back to traffic... Um, As a person who has in the past commuted quite regularly along this stretch of road from Caldwell to Boise, um, yeah, this does not sound fun. It seems like that section right there, that first, I think it's the first Nampa, maybe there's another one, I don't know. Um, But when you're getting on right there has the most amount of wrecks. I think it's because you have these like two double lanes that come onto the freeway. It's not a single lane that's trying to merge onto the freeway. There's two. But then those two lanes, as they get close to the freeway, they then have to merge into a one sub lane that then merges into the freeway. So if you don't know quite What you're doing, eventually you realize that, wait, when you're in the far right lane, that you're going to have to merge, and then you're going to have to merge again because that lane's then going to disappear. I think that's where a lot of the wrecks happen, but then again, it's just kind of busy. And then I think there's also the fact that that lane kind of merging thing comes at the bottom of a hill when you're coming over. So I could definitely see people that were probably going really fast that would come over the top and then they come down and I think they'd be fine. And then all of a sudden you're going to have someone come out of the turn lane and try to merge. And it's just a big problem or the people that are trying to like sit in that because there's like a exit, just a few bridges down that they're trying to get into. And then also there's construction there for the new connector right now, which is probably having people rubberneck and different stuff. I, uh, it, it, it's, it's a problem spot. I swear that whole area has always been kind of a problem spot. I mean, even when you're coming out from Boise and then going west towards Caldwell, before they widened it, because they finished the widening there, so it doesn't go... It used to be, like, four lanes, and it would have to go down to, like, two lanes, um, and that was always a bottleneck. Thankfully, now it's, like, I think it goes from it's four, because one of them goes off on that exit, and then you have through three, and then you're three, should be done i don't think it's done i haven't been out towards the latter bit of the caldwell end but it should be three lanes all the way out to the last caldwell exit and then it'll go down to two once they're finished i know they're still i remember when they were blasting rock away for the one that's there i think it's the second to last before the kind of connector thingy in caldwell i don't know what you want to call that but uh, hopefully everyone's all right i wish i had more details to say how many cars and stuff but I've been checking the article off and on since Thursday, and I didn't see any updates or stuff, so I'm assuming that's all there is. Um, I don't know why they're being tight-lipped about it, but apparently so. Hopefully, no one got hurt. No one was killed. I mean, there's definitely probably people that got hurt, Um, but hopefully everyone is all right, and um, I'm glad they were able to get the uh, traffic cleared up reasonably quickly. In highway-related issues, snowplow flips on Highway 20. This comes by East Idaho News by Rent Nelson. Last Wednesday at about 5 a.m. and INL, snowplow flipped over near marker 276 on Highway 22 or 20. I don't know. My script seems to be slightly off there. This caused the highway to be closed by the Idaho Transportation Department. Thankfully, no one was hurt, but as of 2 p.m. that day, they still could not get the snowplow plow upright because of weather conditions which I've been there again this one I've been checking again and again and I haven't gotten any updates according to the article or different stuff if they got it upright and everything but uh, I will admit like slight side note looking at the footage um, that is a lot of snow out there I mean I know it's been cold but sometimes when things like get really cold if you know what I mean it doesn't snow because it's so cold but like the image, it's just like this flat white tundra. Like when you look at the photo of where the snowplow fell over and other stuff in the article, if you're interested, it looks like you're like in Antarctica. It is just so flat and white as far as you can see. But I, I mean, with the cold temperatures, it makes sense why they're having kind of difficulties because they're trying to get out there and then the roads close and there's people that are wanting to get through and everything else. And they're trying to get there to get it. But then the temperatures are so cold. So you're trying to be careful that your truck or rig doesn't slide off and all that stuff. And it, yeah, um, but I guess it just shows that uh, the even the snow plows are not immune to the weather we're having, especially over there in eastern Idaho. You guys have had some serious uh, winter conditions over there, like several school closures. If you're following my Twitter, you've probably seen that just a ton of closures that have occurred over there. Um for, like, the weather conditions where schools have had to close. And then I think there was a derailment a couple weeks back, if I remember correctly, there in Twin Falls of a train. Not, like, major, like we've heard in the news in the the Palestine-Ohio stuff. <laughs> um But, yeah, just, you guys have had crazy, crazy weather with, like, it getting down to negative 34, I think, and negative f- 40, if I remember correctly. Just crazy, crazy temperatures, but... Hopefully everyone's staying warm, and uh, so far I haven't heard of any reports of anyone dying related to cold-related stuff in any of the articles I've seen. But yeah, stay safe, drive safe, um, and be careful and cautious as you're driving around there in eastern Idaho, because it is winter is in full swing, and it doesn't look like it's given up quite yet. Next one is about our furry friends, Humane Society Running Out of Dogs. This comes by KTVB7 by Brenda Rodriguez. So some good news, the Humane Shelter in Boise is having a shortage of dogs up for adoption. But it is a good thing, as you can guess. According to the shelter, this means there are fewer unplanned linners. And also the Boise area is good at adopting dogs. So good, in fact, the shelter has had to receive dogs from out of state to fill the demand at times. But with the shortage, they're glad because it will allow them to take dogs from more rural shelters and other parts of the state, plus allowing them to work on some of the dogs that would be harder and other rural shelters would struggle to get ready for adoption, which is great to hear. I know I can admit to that as well, where I don't think I've ever gotten a dog that wasn't quite from like, uh, wasn't like a mud or a stray or something like that, or from the Humane Society or stuff like that, Um, because getting puppies are getting like litter dogs is expensive like and they usually it's hard to get them at that point because puppies go so quick i mean we all know this litters and dogs because they're so cute they go so 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 fast rather than if you go to the humane society you know a full-grown dog will it, they'll sell you know but it usually takes more time and it gives you that time to like see them and interact and different stuff um but, I mean, it's glad to hear. I know for me, the dog I currently have, she's kind of a lab pit bull mix. And I'm pretty sure she probably was one of those dogs that they had to transport from out of state, probably California or maybe Texas because when summertime comes, she'll sit outside on the concrete full summertime, you know, 105 degree weather, and sit on the concrete belly up to the air and just lap in the heat. She'll be even panning in her sleep. I, I don't get and I'll go out and she's like, do you want to come into the air conditioning? And she's like, no, I want to bake in the sun. And I'm like, this does not make sense. So I'm guessing she was from a hotter climate somewhere or something like that. But it's, it's good to hear that the Humane Society is having this issue. It's a good issue to have um, and having that neutering and stuff. I mean, one might say if puppies are flying or dogs are flying off the shelf too fast, it might show that people are being irresponsible and stuff. But then again, if the dogs are neutered and all that and everything, that decreases the chances of, like, the wild kind of stray dog population in Idaho, like, going up. Granted, I feel like in general, people in Idaho are really considerate of that, and if they see a dog out and about, they try to figure out who was their neighbor or call animal animal control, and then they'll neuter them. So. In Idaho, we've been pretty, pretty good in the Treasure Valley area. I don't know about other parts of the state. I think keeping the dog population at a very healthy place, the stray ones. Or if there's any stray ones, they usually get caught pretty quick and then brought kind of back into the humane society where they can be rehabilitated. If you're someone who really, really cares about that, I haven't had the time, but if you've got some extra time on your hands and you're a person who really cares about dogs and loves spending time with them, I know the Humane Society is always looking for volunteers to help them, to walk the dogs, to train, to care for them. Because, yeah, they might have the facilities, but sometimes they don't always have the people to help. I've known a lot of friends that have done that and really enjoyed that, and it's been fulfilling for them. So might be something for you to check into, but good, good news to hear from the Humane Society And I hope that the trajectory there continues and everyone gets the lovely dogs that they want and gives them wonderful, wonderful homes and the Humane Society is able to keep rehabilitating dogs and bringing them back into wonderful families. Now here is our last one and our fun one plane makes unplanned landing in Bonnerville County this comes by the East Idaho News by staff so last Wednesday at about 6 p.m. a plane made an unplanned landing near Lincoln Road the pilot was forced to make an emergency landing after he lost power to his plane's engine there were two people on the plane including the pilot neither was hurt. The plane was heading to Rexburg from Pocatello. The deputy informed the FAA and they're working with the pilot to remove the plane from the road. Um, I think it's kind of funny. I kind of that's the reason I titled it the way I did unplanned landing. I did go through school for drone, my drone pilot's license. And so in that you kind of learn about 80 percent of the same things that a pilot learns and everything. So technically, if I wanted to brush up and get some hours and different stuff, I could do piloting and stuff. But it's kind of funny. I swear either the FAA has a sense of humor or they're just so calculated in the way they say things that they don't realize the humor of it. But there is literally parts in the literature where they say in the event of an unplanned and rapid descent and landing, um, which could be decided as a crash. um, (laughs) It's just kind of funny. It's like the technical term of that is just hilarious where they're like, well, you could call it a crash or you could call it a rapid unplanned descent. Um, (laughs) or, uh, I think rocket engineers, maybe that's another one. I don't know if it's in the technical literature. I have a friend that works there in NASA in Florida that, um, I, that they call it, I think it is, is like rapid unplanned disassembly, um, which just means the thing exploded, (laughs) which I just find hilarious. The terminology, like, yes, we're going to use six words to describe the simple thing It exploded. Um, I don't know if that's because engineers actually may have some feelings underneath or if it's something else. Um, but glad to hear no one got hurt. I know something like this happened, I think, a year or two back, maybe in Meridian or maybe it was Nampa where a guy had to land his plane because he couldn't find or he thought he had found the airport and he landed on, like, a road or something. Um, better for him to land there than somewhere else, but hopefully they were able to figure out what the engine issues were. Um, from the images, for those that are more familiar, airplane aficionados, it wasn't a Cessna, it wasn't like that overtop wing, it was more the bottom swept wing, I'm probably using a horribly wrong term for it, Um, but you can kind of look and see at the article, but I'm glad everyone's safe there, but yeah, kind of a funny but unusual one to see there, Uh, glad people are safe, and then again, same thing with this one, if you look at the photos, it kind of remembers the snowplow one, it's just nothing, it just looks like solid sculpted ice and snow everywhere, it looks like Antarctica, where all this is happening over there but yeah any case I'm glad they're safe and we'll move on to the quickies and wrap it up here Meridia filed to eliminate Library District this comes by KTVB7 by Alexander Dugan A group called Concerned Citizens of Meridian filed a petition two weeks ago, asking the County Board of Commissioners to remove the Meridian Library District. They're petitioning for this because of claims that the library district has not been financially transparent, shut down public discourse at meetings, and refuses to discuss minors having access to sexually explicit materials. There is more, but due to time, I recommend you go check out the full article if you're willing to go into the whole entire weeds there. Now for our second and last quickie, Micron laying off more employees. This comes by the Boise Dev by Donde. Last Thursday, Micron announced it would lay off 50% of its workforce. This comes as they said they would only lay off 10%. They're also cutting executive salaries, and they're not having bonuses for the next year. As for how this will affect Idaho's, it could affect roughly 750 employees here in Idaho, but it is unsure how they're going to be making the layoffs, if that would affect things here in Idaho, or if that's going to be in other places of their industry, or if it's just going to be a universal cut. Thank you for listening through the whole podcast hopefully you enjoyed it if I missed something got something wrong or you have some advice for the show then send me an email at local yokel idaho 2002 at gmail.com or tweet me at local idaho on twitter this show is a one-man show so I can't afford to go over everything but I hope I was able to cover as many things as possible thank you for your help and support that's all for now and I hope you have an excellent rest of your week godspeed